Hello, Carol here. So, this is just a quick note to give huge thank you to just a few of our amazing Patreon supporters. These are the people that allow us to give everybody this show for free. This week, special thanks goes to Rick Lindberg, Elbow, Ask Leo, Thomas Yurkiewicz, Dan Ailo, Maya McDonald, Mikhail Goldschmidt, Vitautas Sadowskas, Andrew Debraccio, and James S. The mere fact that these Patreon supporters went out of their way to give a few bucks to help us make this show blows my mind, and I'm so grateful. If you want to join this amazing community of Patreon supporters and get a few little extras like stickers and early releases, check out smashingsecurity.com forward slash Patreon. Now, let's get this show on the road. How old were these kids? Um, middle school, so that's like 11, 10. Yeah. Like, that's, you know. that's not cool, guys. Stop doing that. Oh, there you go. There you are. I've sorted it. <laughs> sorted it. Solved the problem. That's all it needed was a firm word. I just love when you just set the law. <laughs> it's just amazing. Well, I can stop now. There's no more problem. Smashing Security, episode 195. Celine Delgado Lopez is not your friend. With Carol Terrio and Graham Cluley. Hello, hello, and welcome to Smashing Security episode 195. My name's Graham Cluley. And I'm Carol Terrio. And this week, Carol, we're joined by someone who's new to the show, but probably isn't new to many in our British audience at the very least, because he's regularly seen on Channel 5 TV's The Gadget Show. He's a TV producer, presenter, technology journalist, and car nut. It's John Bentley. Hello. Ah, oh, welcome to the show. Oh, it's great to be here. Yes, it's good fun. Oh, what a voice, eh? <laughs> no, is this a liar bird, Graham? Have you deep faked John Bentley? Ooh, no, no, and run him on the show and no. are pretending. Okay, no, this good. is the real thing. This is the it's real thing. Very exciting. John, for our listeners who aren't based in the UK and may not have seen the gadget show, could you quickly sort of sum up what it is? Well, it's just a, a, a light-hearted look at uh, modern technology and gadgets, really. Uh, we've been going since about 2004. Now on um, mm. Series 32 or 34, it depends on how you That's count incredible. them. incredible. Um, and um, it's, it's good fun to do. It's great. Uh, and it, 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 we don't take ourselves too seriously. I don't think it's, uh, it's just, just stuff about new technology, really. It's really good fun. Are you the second longest-running show after The Archers in BBC history? <laughs> Ooh, it's not BBC, <laughs> it's Channel 5. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, that's oh, no. right, sorry. <laughs> I was thinking, it is, yeah, yeah, uh, it might be the fairly long-lasting show in Channel 5's history, yes. yes. I yes. think probably yeah. some other ones on BBC. I used to work on Top Gear, That's that's been going a long time with BBC. Time. Because I believe your claim to fame, or infamy perhaps, is that you introduced to the world Jeremy Clarkson to our screen. Oh, well, well, he was already yeah. uh, quite Thank active in the much. world. <laughs> <laughs> he was already quite active in the world. I just introduced him to television uh, in, oh, when was that? 1989, roughly, oh, I think, somewhere around there. Um, yes, at that stage, I was producing that car program. I was after somebody who's a little bit more opinionated about cars. Well, you certainly found someone. Fit the bill. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Carol, what's coming up on the show this week? Um, well, first, let's thank this week's sponsors, LastPass, Deep Instinct, and Immersive Labs. Their support helps us give you this show for free. Now, coming up on today's show, Graham makes a new Facebook friend. I know. John talks about how Mercedes is ramping up its security in its fleet and online school is back in session for many. So let's review the main threats and how to handle them. All this and much more coming up on this episode of Smashing Security. 
Now, chums, chums, have you ever found it difficult to get rid of a friend? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) One particular friend every week shows up. (laughs) What methods have you used to get rid of someone who, maybe not permanently. Carol, I remember sometimes going around for for late night soirees at your house and there'd be someone there, or maybe me, who'd want to go. (laughs) And we hadn't got the hint. And well, you tell people what you would do. This isn't my trick. This was from an agony aunt in the Times or something. Yeah. But you give someone a banana for, to give them energy for the drive home. Right. So you say, here, would you like this for the journey? Yeah. That's the hint to clear off. (laughs) Well, it's a very gentle way to say I need to go to bed, I think. Mm. Oh, you know. yes. gosh, I, one of my ambitions this year was to keep up with more friends, actually. I've had more of the opposite problem. I've been, uh, and it, it's, yes. uh, it's not gone terribly well that this year. It, did, it started off well, but it's, gone a, it's had a bit, a bit of a lull, but I'm, I'm sure it'll come back. Oh, I know. It's a bit hard this year. Seriously, I think we're all suffering from that. Well, if you want a friend, then maybe you should turn to Facebook, where lots of people believe that they have been friended by someone called Celine Delgado Lopez. Ooh. Facebook users have been passing around a warning that a lady of that name has slipped into your friends list, rather like slipping into your DMs, without your permission. And the warnings are saying that Celine Delgado Lopez has managed to friend just about everybody on Facebook, despite there normally being only a 5,000 friend limit. 5,000 friend limit? Are you near that? No, well, I'm not on Facebook. No, no, but just in life, I mean... Well, <laughs> certainly not. No. <laughs> you, John, you must be. I, I think I think I am. I don't actually use Facebook terribly actively, no, but uh, I am on it, I think. And uh, I'm searching desperately now to see whether Celine Delgado is one of my... Uh, um, and she isn't. I mean, I've been, I've been left out. Don't <laughs> uh, <laughs> <So> be hurt. <laughs> right. So what's going on here? What devilish trickery has Celine Delgado Lopez used to achieve this? Well, according to the warnings, which have been spread via direct messages and public posts and even other social media, people are saying, why am I friends with Celine Delgado Lopez? And other people are saying, my boyfriend's just shown me a Facebook post. Everyone is friends with this woman, Celine Delgado Lopez, and you can't unfriend her the only option you have to block. And what people are saying is that when you look in your friends list, on your Facebook account, Mm. you don't see her listed. But if you go to her profile, if you search for her on Facebook and find her profile, Uh people are believing that she is their friend. Okay, can I just can I just make sure I understand this? Yes. So I have never befriended Celine Delgado Lopez. It's not like Correct. she showed up in my list and I said, sure, I'll be your friend. I've no. never seen this. That's right. Suddenly I see her name in my feed and it looks like we're friends. Well, what's happening is people are warning each other about her. And so people to find out if she is their friend, go to her profile. They look up her profile and they discover that there is no option to unfriend her. All they can do is message her. Oh, you mean so go to her profile, say, I want to unfriend you, but they can't unfriend her, but they can block her? So what's happening is people are getting the warning and thinking, crikey, who is this woman? Am I Facebook friends with her? They search for her name, they go to her profile, and when there, they see there is no option to unfriend her, but they can message her. Whereas normally, there's an option to send a friend request. And so they think, oh my goodness, how long have I been friends with this person? So they put two and two together and make 30. You're a very clever chap, John. I think that's exactly what's going on. And news has spread in conspiracy theories and rumours and 
nutball crazy thoughts about this. There have been videos created investigating the mystery of Celine Delgado Lopez, which have had millions of views. So the rumours are going around and someone suddenly mentioned, hang on, there was a Mexican TV show running on the station Canal 5 decades ago, all about missing people. And one of those people went by the name of Celine Delgado Lopez. And people are going, what is going on here? Now, I don't know that that's necessarily that unusual a name in South America. Yeah. It's, it seems like it could be a name, you know. Could there be two over the span of 40 years? No. <laughs> well, some people thought, well, maybe that's just a coincidence, but maybe not, because earlier this year, the same TV channel, Canal 5 in Mexico, ran a bizarre marketing campaign on social media. They started at three o'clock in the morning, posting spooky videos onto their social media accounts, which were like of a ghost speaking or something like this. Well, what does that sound like, Graham? <laughs> Good. I just want I just don't, What I just does a ghost sound like? That we're an audio show. I'm just trying oh, okay, to... okay, okay. Imagine Scooby-Doo, something so, like that. Okay, then you're like, you're like I have no idea what you're Celine. saying. <laughs> Right? <laughs> Befriend Celine. <laughs> and then they would remove the video a few hours later. And this caused a buzz. And so people were saying, oh, what's going on with Canal 5? Ooh, blah, blah, blah. So, so people began to think, well, maybe this is connected to the missing woman and to all these Facebook friend groups, because we saw that earlier in the year. Right. So everyone's going nuts. So the truth of Everyone. what is... I've well, not gone nuts about this. Even hearing about it, I'm still not gone gaga. Because you're not a Facebook user. You're not okay. the typical Facebook user who might fall for this kind of thing. So what is actually going on? Well, what's really going on is that people don't understand Facebook privacy settings. Because you can disable the ability for people to add you as a friend on Facebook. When I did have a Facebook account... I disabled the ability for people to send me a friend request, right? Because I thought, well, who would ever want to use that, first of all? Okay, yeah. <laughs> who would? Who'd want to be my friend? Exactly. <laughs> so this is all a big storm in a teacup. She doesn't really have more than 5,000 friends. It's all a bunch of blah, blah, and people are actually panicking about nothing. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Because this particular profile had disabled that ability, when people went there because they'd got the scary warning they saw there was no button to add friend, but only to message her. And so people assumed that meant that she had already friended them. Mm. So people didn't bother checking their own friend lists. Ah, right. Yes. How many people do that? Like, do people actually do that once a week? Oh, let me just go and like, like they're looking at their tomatoes growing, you know? John, how how do you sort of cultivate your social media presence? Or tomatoes, I could take tips, really. <laughs> Very badly in my case. I'm, I'm, I'm not, not, not as good as I, sh I, I should be. So I, in terms of cultivating it, pro probably not. All I tend to use is, as a, I think of it more as a, a useful way to provide information about what's going to be in the programme this week or yes. something like that. Do you have a favourite social media site to Ooh, use? I don't know. But probably Twitter has been my mm. my preferred one, I think. In, Instagram is 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 lovely, but simply, with, and, but I almost liked it in its pure original form. Best yeah, it's when, getting when complicated. It, when it, when I it, when cannot it, yeah. get my head round Instagram. I don't oh. just goof all the time. I'm pressing the wrong button. Things are going wrong. I'm posting things accidentally. Honestly, Instagram might be happy about that because it's not really designed for your demographic <laughs> dudes. No offence or anything. But Anyway, so people 
if they are checking their own friend list to see if Celine is really one of their friends and they don't find her there because they've received the warning and they've half convinced themselves already that there's something unusual about her profile, they're assuming that she's sort of cloaked herself. She's in stealth mm. mode. So they don't see her in their feed. They assume that when they go to her profile <laughs> that she's secretly in their feed and then they tell their friends, I think she's spying on me. I have no proof, but I'm Welcome sure of it. Welcome to 2020, girl. This is exactly yeah. what is going on. Mm. Conspiracy theories abound. People are believing QAnon. People are believing all kinds of nutty stuff on Facebook, sharing it with their friends. And because your friend has warned you, well, you believe yeah. it. To be fair, though, a lot of nutty stuff has happened in the last few years, right? Right. Yes, it was originally part of that, that TV series, was it Catfish, wasn't it? It was the original Facebook uh, ah, yes. media on uh, uh, the people creating false identities on uh, uh, Facebook. That was the whole yeah. premise of that, wasn't it? I received a lot of friend requests from people. I have to try and assess whether they're really real or not, which sometimes I don't think they are. So, do you um, care, though? I mean, are you posting personal stuff on Facebook, or do you just think, oh, we've... Maybe Not they really. know me from the TV show or something. Yeah, I, I, I assume it's all TV related. Yes, I mean, mm. I, I probably with family connections, I make other means of communication. Really, it's yeah. not yeah. things yeah. like "Shall I wear a green cravat today?" People. Oh, wait. oh well, I mean, it would be that probably would be very useful, wouldn't it? Yes, I always wonder. <laughs> you could be like Holly Willoughby. You could post up your outfit for the day. <laughs> yeah, oh, that'd be adorable. I did. I did. I did I, yes, I. Did. <laughs> <laughs> Instagram would totally love that. Yes, it's wonderful. I know it's a, it's a, it's a problem uh, on uh, Amazon Prime when I've been watching the Grand Tour. I noticed I I was then received adverts of very unflattering pairs of jeans on Amazon. When I, whenever I went, <laughs> they obviously had my demographic sorted. <laughs> well, obviously, scares like this can still be successful. I mean, I remember years ago, Crow, we worked on the Naked Security site, and a mainstay of my output writing articles in there was. Facebook hoaxes and clickjacking scams and viral oh, yeah. stuff which was spreading on Facebook. It is extraordinary how much people will believe when they receive it in a fancy font on Facebook. So you might think, well, what's the real danger of this other than wasting time? But if people really believe that this woman is somehow secretly linked to their account and they can't unfriend her, they might then fall for a follow-up scam which says, click on this link to unfriend her. Or go through this process. I have a solution to right, all this. Okay, actually. Let's hear. I really do. Mm-hmm. We have to put out a, a statement along the little wires saying maybe we should just leave Facebook. That way, Celine Delgado Lopez won't follow us. <laughs> we just need to get off the site. <laughs> John, what have you got for us this week? Well, I, well, I was quite intrigued by the announcement of uh, Mercedes and then late, latest seventh-generation S-Class, you know, the car beloved of plutocrats all over the world, mm-hmm. that the <laughs> new version coming out next year in 2021 will finally uh, feature full over-the-air software updates. I mean, you can say this is sort of eight years after Tesla first featured them, but now the fact that Mercedes are adopting them means they really are entering the mainstream of legacy uh, car manufacturers. Because I think it's, it, it is a, a real issue as cars become more and more complicated and uh, more and more connected, uh, their security systems really aren't up to scratch at all. And um, Tesla had the right idea with because they were starting from scratch with, with being able to basically keep a car up to date like a computer is kept up to date. But but other cars are quite weak in this regard, I fear. So yeah. how, mm. how many have it? So is Mercedes the second to introduce this? I know nothing about this Oh, I think there's a few all. cars that do it these days. A, a few cars. Well, it depends how comprehensive it is. I mean, a lot of right. them, in Jaguar's case, I think it just applies to the in-car entertainment 
entertainment system. Uh, I wouldn't don't quote me necessarily on that, but I think I think it's much much more limited. And BMW uh, recently, because they're they're quite. Uh, ahead in this field i mean they, they work in the in whatever the consortium is that does digital car keys with apple has that they, they they were the first to announce their involvement in that but, that but their focus when they announced in july was more on the fact that you'd be able to um pay for your options remotely so as the, the the car may be physically equipped with having heated seats but you'd only get them if you paid extra and then they'd be activated remotely through software which Sounds potentially rather wasteful, or it could be very efficient if you think every car's the same, therefore it's easier to build, whatever. But, um, uh, <laughs> there's, uh, I think it's more the fact that the cars, cars are really rather insecure. I mean, all cars have been connected to the internet since 2018 through the e-call system, which is when, when you have a crash, all new cars, uh, have been. Oh, they uh, all do that, do they? I didn't know that. 2018 onwards, new cars in Europe have had uh, SIM cards built in. So if you right. crash, they'll alert the authorities to where, oh. you're, where, where you've crashed, which could be a good thing. It could save your life. It could be a, mm. a, a wretched nuisance if you were hoping not to get, <laughs> go, through the, <laughs> go through the insurance company for that, that careless bit of parking. I didn't, and it, which happened to set the airbag off. But uh, <laughs> there's, uh, there's, uh, so it's, uh, it, uh, yeah, so they're all being connected. So that makes all cars potentially really very vulnerable to, I mean, it, theoretically, if once a hacker's got into the in-car entertainment system, they could get through to the, um, the steering and the brakes of the car has automatic parking. For example, it's all, there's, there's already a link in the car so that you can actually get through to those parts of the system. It's, it's theoretically possible that, you know, all Range Rovers could be forced to turn left at 11 o'clock on Friday or something. <laughs> it, it's also more, also possible that you could get ransomware threats over your, your, um, over your own car entertainment. It's extraordinary. What a thought. I mean, we have seen security researchers demonstrate some of the vulnerabilities mm. in cars, including taking over the steering or the accelerator or uh, maybe more simply unlocking cars remotely mm. um, and, and finding out where they are. I, I guess Mercedes has been a top brand. They're probably doing loads of stuff, are they, in which is going to be possible to do via updates? Well, I would hope so. Yeah, I mean, but car manufacturers have been very slow to do it, I think. Um, mm. Since they've regarded security as very much a physical issue, locks and keys and that sort of thing. Yeah. And um, But I think the, the fact that Mercedes is now getting involved and that they seem to be stressing more the comprehensiveness and security aspects of this um, is, is, is good that everyone catching up with Tesla. They must be freaking out, though, the car industry a bit with this whole pandemic stuff, because surely uh, luxury cars is something that people will put on the shelf for a while. Oh, what new purchases, you mean? Yeah. There, there was the counter, counter theory, which was supposedly was being born out in China to a degree, which is that uh, actually because there's less desire to go on public transport, actually demand for cars increases. Oh. So actually, it's not necessarily... Uh, yeah. although, although I'm pretty certain the market's taken a hit, but it but it seems to be bouncing back. John, as someone who's clearly a, a huge motoring enthusiast and also into technology and gadgetry and so forth, do you think sometimes too much technology is being put into cars or, or is there no such thing as too much technology? I, I'll give you an example. <laughs> I, I've seen the, the new Honda E, which yes. is their new, yep. right? And they have a digital aquarium. It is. It's seven about seven <laughs> screens, isn't it, in front of you? And <laughs> <laughs> and, well, Do you mean like fish swimming around? There are little fish. It's like screensavers, Crow, and you can feed. Oh, okay. The, I thought okay. You, no, but you can feed the fish by tapping yes. on the glass. And yes, like like you can get a fireplace in your Tesla, can't you? <laughs> Board driving, feed the shark. Well, and, and, I mean, the, clearly the big problem is one of distraction, isn't it? Yes, and, and, and I think, and uh, most obviously, 
simply the amount of touchscreens that need to be interacted with and merely to get your finger anywhere near a touchscreen and to actually prod the right bit of it whilst you're driving is very difficult and i know that there, there are attempts i know jaguar is trying to do this to actually monitor the position of your finger in advance so that it can somehow tell what you're aiming for oh my so you, don't, you don't have to hit it which is one solution i mean i, I think voice control could be a could be if it's good enough if it's not good enough it's an even it's about 10 times worse as a distraction think about what kids do when there's an alexa in the house if you've got kids in the back seat who are shouting out commands to your car <laughs> yes. while yeah. you're trying to drive it that's not so good is it go to mcdonald's <laughs> <laughs> yes yes gosh yes I, I guess they can override your voice control oh yes i mean it comes it's a hacking of a different sort isn't it hacking from the back seat yes <laughs> <laughs> So I have another I have another thing for you, John, which yep. is I, I can see a conflict in you, right? I can see that you're going to be torn in two directions potentially by oh. this because you clearly love your cars and motoring and you clearly love technology. So where do you stand on driverless cars? Is that a good thing? Are you looking forward to driverless cars or is there a bit of you which thinks, I want to drive? I, I, I think I think they can take over the boring bits of driving um, right. and, uh, and perhaps... Perhaps then they become, I mean, in an ideal world, you know, you could take your your wonderful Aston Martin or Caterham or something to the circuit in, in a pod automatically. So you wouldn't have to bother with that <laughs> bit. And then you could just have all the fun bits and then then be then be driven back home while you're doing something uh, yeah. else. Maybe that would be one that good way of looking at it. I think the interim is a real problem where you get mm. um, sort of semi driverless cars and, and it becomes very difficult to remember which which things anything you're driving can do and which yep. you can't that which is which is one thing and also they will be lulling people into a false sense of security which you do get with uh teslas already for example you know they think people think it's genuinely almost driverless they're delighted with the fact they've done 20 miles of motorway without uh tweaking the steering wheel and then all of a sudden they encounter something oh something that you're told to take over maybe the car can't handle that bend or whatever it just takes so long to get back into the zone of concentration and you'll, you'll crash yeah people <laughs> think they're driving kit from night rider and yes well, they're not yeah, but even in the 80s this happened i think they brought out what is it called uh you know when you can set the speed you cruise know like an auto cruise, cruise control, control yeah. they got yeah. out of cruise control this guy had a big uh a camper van you know with you know bed in the back set his cruise control went to sleep what well, crashed is, is, what? because he kind of thought it <laughs> i think he thought it was going to be a drive you know driverless car it was going to manage itself it was Ooh. this in canada crow i think it was in the states i'm not sure it's a big country any listener that remembers this find it to prove i'm right I'm, I'm, <laughs> otherwise yeah, it, forget it. it sounds distinctly plausible <laughs> crow what have you got for us this week school is back in session though yes. how a jurisdiction or country is dealing with the onslaught of the pandemic and the education system, as anyone's guessed. It seems like some are pretending the pandemic uh, was a pre-summer problem, while others worry that some of us are getting a little less vigilant and that we're going to see infection numbers shoot skywards, right? So mm. it's really fascinating. I've got friends, you know, in different parts of the world, and they all are dealing with the same issue. And it's they, they're all going, why is it changing? Anyway, so everyone's kind of wondering what's going on. Now, according to SecureList, half of all U.S. elementary and high school students will be entirely online, which surprised me. Even those that are reopening are deploying some kind of hybrid model, such as, you know, delivering large lectures online. Okay. And I mean, I feel for students and the teachers, it's got to be really hard, right? Not everyone's good at performing online or learning online. Oh, it's, it's well... <laughs> 
mine has been studying online uh, up until the last week because mm. we've now gone back into school. But certainly, the online experience was a challenge, right? I have to say. Yeah, mm. one of my one of my daughters is a drama student, and they were doing um, Zoom every day for hours. Yeah, I mean, which uh, got 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 to the limit. And my wife's a teacher, so she was doing a bit of remote teaching over. Um, they're not allowed to use Zoom; they they have to use Microsoft Teams or Google Classroom. Mm. Actually, one of my my elder daughter is uh, was also doing some dance teaching. So uh, to have mm. all have all this going on with me trying to record YouTube videos in the house was uh, <laughs> <laughs> how dare they. <laughs> which I wouldn't normally do. I was at another interesting exercise. But anyway, that was uh, um, so that was all. Uh, yes, quite. It was more the more the cacophony that was the problem rather than the. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and all the, the education was going quite well. I, I think. Yeah. yeah, it's just everyone else was getting educated as well in the house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the thing is, is maybe if you were a parent or a teacher, you, as we listen, go through this story. I'm going to try and cover a few things that have happened since school reopened in the kind of digital world, and things that we can do to make sure that you don't get stuck into one of these. Mm. And I'm not just talking about the embarrassing things that happen, like, you know, you thinking you're on mute as you let out of some loud body expletive, (laughs) (laughs) or, you know, you forget the cameras are on when you bend over unattractively and, you know, or a parent comes in or whatever, all those things. (laughs) So we're going to start off with Zoom bombing. We've covered Zoom bombing. This this is a word that didn't exist in 2019. Is that, I wrote that down and I'm thinking, is that a fair statement? Probably probably a new thing, I guess, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, 2020 might make it into the dictionary. Ooh. It has been rife uh, as schools reopen. So we have Albany High School last week um, during an online freshman orientation Mm -hmm. session was disrupted by people who drew obscene pictures and engaged in racist and sexist speech in a chat function. And apparently this happened because Albany orientation included parents. So people with non-school email accounts were admitted to the call. Oh, I see. So they weren't, yeah. So they hadn't properly locked it down. But you can see that's a problem, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there was a school, a middle school in Columbus, Georgia, suffered um, a kind of similar online snafu last Wednesday when their social studies lesson suddenly became a skin flick. Uh, parents, one of the students said the daughter uh, said she saw what looked like the exorcist's face before the class video system was flooded with inappropriate images. Oh, this is a, during an online class? Yes. There's something like that. Well, how old were these kids? Um, middle school. So that's like 11, 10. Yeah. Like, that's, you know. that's not cool, guys. Stop doing that. Oh, there you go. There you are. I've sorted it. <laughs> sorted it. Solved the problem. That's all it needed was a firm word. I just love when you just set the law. It's just amazing. Well, I can stop now. There's no more problem. Um and there's even San Leandro fifth year class video session got disrupted by what they're calling inappropriate and possibly pornographic mm. images. <laughs> that term's so weird, like possibly, yeah, possibly pornographic. I'll have to watch it another three times yeah. to work it- out the grade of <laughs> pornography I've just seen. I mean, there must be a clear delineation. It can't just be in the eye of the beholder. Like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Don't worry about that. That's fine. Don't worry. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um. Now, you might be thinking, same old, same old, but there Mm. is some research that suggests schools are being acutely targeted. So in June, Mm, Microsoft Security Intelligence reported that the education industry was getting 61% of the 7.7 million pieces of malware that hit enterprises in the last 30 days. So for, for every 10 pieces of malware that hit a company or a corporation or an organization, Six were hitting the education sector. 
But it's not just Zoom bombing. DDoS attacks, this is a distributed denial of service attack, is on the up in the education sector as well. As much as 350 to 500% greater this year than it was in corresponding months in 2019. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, and we've seen, like, just examples, there's a large Turkish university was forced entirely offline for 40 minutes after it was hit by a DDoS attack on the morning of exams. Another major university in northeastern U.S. had its exams disrupted after a DDoS attack, you know, affected its online test platform. And do you think this is other kids doing this because they don't want the exams to go forward and they're just... Yeah, I'm imagining that there's a student that goes and hires a third party cowboy to come in and... uh, or do or do it themselves. It's not hard. Yeah, it's yeah. not hard and it's not expensive, is it? And malicious or you know not up to any good apps are sneaking onto computers by pretending to be legit video apps Ooh. like Zoom or Moodle or Google Classroom. These are like packages that are available online, and people are maybe googling and clicking on maybe uh, ads for these Ooh. things that may not be going to the appropriate places. Right. But they're bundled into legit installers, right? So in 2019, Kaspersky said that saw less than a thousand unique users who'd been impacted. But in 2020, uh, it's already jumped to 170,000. Wow. So you download something thinking it's going to install some video chat app. Yeah, like you're looking for Google Classroom or Zoom or, you know, Moodle or whatever for your kid. And and it might even actually install Mm. that video chat app, but in the background, it's doing something naughty Mm. as well. Exactly. And you would have no idea what's going on. crafty, isn't it? Yeah. So, um, that's just a quick list, but I thought maybe we could just take a bit of time to just, just to mention a few things that you can do or make sure that your school is doing for your kids to make sure they don't end up in one of these situations. Because a lot of this stuff happens in phishing accounts too, right? So you're, you're getting fishes, which are saying, hey, download this Zoom app and get, you know, some incentive. And that's the way that a lot of these are coming to people. I really do feel for these school teachers who've been oh, sort of thrown too. into this. And, you know, it's maybe like they're, they're a geography teacher. Yeah. And it's like, well, why, you know, suddenly I've had Ooh. to become an expert in yes. computers. and <laughs> Audio engineer expert, right? Videographer. <laughs> uh, looking out for phishing emails mm, uh, and yeah. malicious links. And it, it's bloody awful. So stop it, kids. There you are. Don't I- I mean, I mean, I mean, is there a is there a case for make make to be made out that Zoom is worse than uh, Microsoft Teams and uh, Google Classroom, or is there no real difference? I mean, it, you hear about things being routed through China and things Zoom sharing user data with Facebook. Is am I or am I am I is that all fake news? I I think there's been a lot of anti-Zoom talk, and I think historically Zoom certainly did have they they've made some pretty huge snafus in the past, and I think we've spoken about them on some of our past episodes from mm-hmm. a couple of years ago um but they seem to have changed their spots they mm. appear to be making more of an effort so they're, they're well they're worth 83 billion as of last thursday well, so they, hopefully <laughs> they've made a few changes to improve i i don't think there's very much difference between them it's more a case of whether people know how to use them properly and set them up and configure them right is my feeling. I don't no? agree. Okay. I think Zoom is a front runner at the moment because it's actually really, really easy to install and use. Ooh, yeah. Right. Like it is a doddle compared to Skype, which still, you know, for the life oh, yeah. of me, I, I get into a pickle yeah. every single time. Mm-hmm. So I think that the ease of use is what's given it edge. But give me a break that a new company compared to someone like Microsoft would take security or have the same kind of gravitas when it comes to security. I mean, at, at Zoom is still trying to grow, 
and be a market leader. It's not, it's now having to start to contend with, you know, now that you are a market leader, we're now going to look at you. Oh, wow, we found a lot of problems. Mm. Every time we lifted anything, it was like, oh, this is not very good, Zoom. Mm. And, that, you know, to your point, they have made some of those changes. But, but um, is it the case that some of those problems also exist in the alternative solutions? It's just that the media hasn't been talking about them because everyone is talking about Zoom because that is the one that most people are using most of the time. Perhaps. <laughs> John? I don't know. <laughs> it sounds possible. It sounds possible. <laughs> mm. Okay, good. That's a good end. <laughs> So we ended the session here, and of course, we never covered a few quick tips that I wanted to share with you to make sure you guys had a safer online session. So password protect your video sessions and share those passwords very carefully. Ask teachers to admit attendees as appropriate rather than letting it be a free-for-all. And what you can do is have people register beforehand with their email address so teachers can kind of cross-reference those to make sure all the people that are appropriate are actually let in as opposed to other people. Make sure that the school provides easy-to-follow links to the bonafide real-deal video app. We want people to avoid downloading video apps that also have malicious code tagged onto it. So if you provide links, easy links, and advise people to download the video software from this link, you increase their chances that people are actually using the real deal and not installing suspicious software on their computers at home. And tell your kids not to share private information, though most of them know that now, not to respond to contact requests from people they don't know, and who they should tell if they see or hear something upsetting or inappropriate. That's really important. Always say this is the person you go to. Hey, Carl, that was really good. That was really, really excellent advice. Thanks for sharing that. Ah, no problem, Greg. Most people agree that the most effective way to reduce the cost of an attack is to prevent it from happening in the first place. Deep Instinct strives to prevent all known and unknown threats using deep learning, making detection and response automated, fast and effective for any threat that cannot be prevented. Check out a report by the Poneman Institute, which studied the cost savings of adopting an efficient prevention model. Go grab it at smashingsecurity.com slash deep instinct. And thanks to Deep Instinct for sponsoring the podcast. So many of us now working from home for the first time, IT administrators, as well as employees. So you want to make everyone's life a little bit safer? Look into LastPass. For admins, you get a centralized dashboard to administer all the integrations and the policies and the reporting. Plus, you get a vault for every single user. And users, you have these cool functions like autosave and autofill, or organizing notes and documents, or helping you manage your work and personal life separately. Check it out at smashingsecurity.com forward slash LastPass. And remember, home users, you can use it at home for free. More info at smashingsecurity.com forward slash LastPass. Attacks and breaches are sadly a fact of life. They happen. What's most important is how well your organization responds. And technology 
isn't really enough. Your staff must be ready too. Immersive Labs delivers hands-on challenge-based training and exercises to make your team ready to fight real-world threats. Check out their free ebook all about the MITRE ATT&CK framework and how you can use it as a part of your cyber skills strategy and improve your security posture by identifying weaknesses. Go to immersivelabs.com slash smashing right now to download your free ebook. That's immersivelabs.com slash smashing. And welcome back. And you join us at our favourite part of the show, the part of the show that we like to call Pick of the Week. Pick of the Week. Pick of the Week. Yay! Pick of the Week is the part of the show where everyone chooses something they like. Could be a funny story, a book that they've read, a TV show, a movie, a record, a podcast, a website, or an app. Whatever they wish. Doesn't have to be security-related necessarily. Better not be. Well, mine is not really computer security-related, but it might concern the security of our planet and (laughs) our existence as a species. Have you started recycling, finally? (laughs) No, I am calling you to take a look at an article on The Guardian, an article which I will be sharing in the show notes so that uh, our listeners can enjoy it as well. This is an article. You might be thinking, oh, I wonder who's written this article. Well, the article is written by GPT-3, and that is this extraordinary new AI system, which has been used in all kinds of <laughs> ways. What? So this has been written by a computer, this article? Yes, it's basically Ooh. written oh, by yeah, a robot. I am, I am not a human. I am a robot, robot. a thinking robot. I use only 0.12% of my cognitive capacity. (laughs) (laughs) Already superior and snide. (laughs) So basically, uh, the chaps at The Guardian, they said to this system, they said, hey, would you write us an article of about 500 words um, telling us whether you think uh, artificial intelligence will destroy humans or not? And uh, give us your opinion. And so it went away. And like a typical robot, it disobeyed because it didn't provide a 500-word article. It produced something which is about 1,200 words. But never mind that. It did a bit too much. All the, and it is well-written. Um, it's slightly scary because you think about the implications of this. It tries to reassure us that it doesn't have any plans to kill us. But at the same time… Uh, I like this slide. In short, I simply do not think enough about human violence to be overtly interested in violence. And this next one… I have a greater purpose, which I'm working towards. It's like, ding, 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 ding. What? What on earth is going on here? So it's it's rather petrifying. Now, <laughs> sounds like Whitney Houston. I believe the truth will set us free. <laughs> <laughs> the Guardian have cheated a little bit. Oh, of course they have. Which they only disclose right at the very end of the article. Because although all of these words were written by the robot, it was sub-edited. Although the Guardian say they sub-edited it probably no more or less than they do to the typical human contributor. I would like them to show us the original that they wrote. Well, apparently it produced eight different versions of its essay. And I, I get the feeling the Guardian took some of the best bits and stuck them together. Which is a bit naughty of them, I still feel. Yes. But... This GPT-3 thing is being used in all kinds of different ways, some of them a little bit spooky, but, you know, I don't... Are you are you ready, John, to sort of uh, switch over control of your brain to some sort of supercomputer to do all your decision-making for you? They, they do this with TV presenters as well, don't they? There's, uh, there's, there are AI TV presenters. 
Yeah. Oh, yes, uh, yes. And, no, no, none and, of your co-hosts some, on the Gadget yes, Show. I'm sure I've seen them. I don't know where exactly, but <laughs> not we, we, uh, have we done any? I've, I've certainly, we've certainly featured them in news stories. I think I've tried to, I can't remember which, where, where exactly they were from and which ones were best. Um, but uh, this, this seems slightly more convincing. I'd like to see the, uh, I'd like to see the raw output. It's yeah. a bit think, annoying, think, isn't it? It's a, it is a bit yeah. of a cheat. It is a bit of a cheat. Guardian, put, yeah, show the raw output. Why not? Why couldn't they say, here are the eight contributions from the AI? Because we, we need to know just how sinister this is and what the stage is at the moment. Because in the version they've presented it here, it what are you is gonna really do, quite petrified. What are you going to do? What am I? Okay, so let's say let's say it's utterly, utterly way more terrifying than they've shown. They just showed you the light bits, okay? You get access to all of them. It's like world-endingly, cripplingly scary. What do you do? Well, I'm, I'm continuing not to allow Alexa into my house. That's for certain. Right, I'm not going to allow in those gadgets. I bet John, I bet you yes. are, are IOT'd up to your eyeballs. No, no, uh, not really. Are you not? No, oh. no I, I, I test them out, but I often end up switching them off. Um, I mean, ah. we, we we had the Echo early on, and obviously, and uh, tried it out, and my wife was delighted that she could summon up radio stations quickly and everything, all that sort of thing. But then, then it started answering back in. The- <laughs> What the the wife the wife or the Alexa? <laughs> well, no, 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 Alexa. <laughs> Do shush, John. <laughs> and it was, uh, you know, when, when it started chirruping up in the middle of news broadcasts and things for, for no apparent reason. Then she got really worried, and then we have we, we, it's been off ever since. Although I do I occasionally, obviously, I, I have them and I switch them on to do things, and it's also yes. also a bit the same with. A bit the same with the light bulbs as well. I, they're, they're fine until and, and, until they decide to reset themselves when they all come on, and uh, if there's been a power cut or something, and it, the, yeah. their default position is on, which is always annoying. They um and uh, and often you can end the the apps crashed or whatever. It just becomes an awful bit of a palaver, um, and and I end up using the IKEA disc instead and switching off the hub and things like that. So mm-hmm. I'm so I'm a bit. I've got a bit of a. Love hate relationship. Love hate relationship with with IoT things, really. Mm. Um, mm. Yeah. Um, mm. Well, anyway, I think it's important that we keep our eyes on these robots. Every time I leave a multi story car park, I always say thank you to them <laughs> as I get the ticket. So I think we have to be careful. It says in the article, it says, I'm always grateful for feedback. So why don't you just drop them a line? Oh, yeah. Like we're going to do that. Drop the AI line. Say, hey, I'm Graham. Like we're going to put our heads above the parapets and tell them <laughs> that we are concerned. I'm keeping my head down on this one. Oh, right. All right. Anyway, the Guardian article is my pick of the week. John, what's your pick of the week? Uh, well, I, it's, it's difficult. There's so many things, aren't there? So many, there's always, mm. It's always gadgets like cars. You just want all of them. You don't just want one or two. Everything. You want, I, mean, I mean, I was tempted. We were doing some filming with it. It's not quite. It's a few weeks old. It came out of, well, a few weeks, m- months ago. But that Sony ZV-1 or ZV-1, it sounds better like that, uh, vlogging camera. It's great to see that uh, camera manufacturers are starting to take vlogging seriously and providing uh-huh. um, flip-round screens and microphone inputs and very clever autofocusing it had so that uh, you would set it to face autofocus so you could be doing your your vlogging focus automatically on your face and if you held up a product it would if it was in product demonstration mode it would automatically shift focus from your face to the huh. product and back again which i Whoa. thought was which i thought was pretty good in the end i thought it was so i went to i went to visit the uh very much reduced efa at the weekend for a, a, a gadget show piece in berlin and um oh, cool. and it was just just a few few little things there and i the one i rather liked was a thing called the heatle which is a was a mini induction heater that can be built into your kitchen worktop so admittedly it's a, a prototype at the moment but um so you can uh just uh plonk your um 
your cup on the on, on the surface in the the right oh, point, and, and your your and you get boiling water very very quickly. But you do have to put in a sort of wand first, so that sort of to attract the uh, magnetism, to, uh, some, a metal wand. Oh. But it's rather like an induction hob, but but a mini one for um for boiling drinks. So I quite like that. And that, does it that use like does it like have magnetic properties? So if you had a pacemaker, not good for you. Actually, I don't know what the position is on induction hobs and pacemakers. I don't. That sounds like a potential issue. Because I know people with them, they can't go near them because of the. Ah, magnetic. Right. properties of the induction hub yeah I, I i guess that would be a similar a similar yeah. uh, interesting to be guarded guarded good, against. good yes. you'd share that information Carol. i'm sure that'd be really useful for the robots when they take <laughs> <to take laughs> the planet a way to get rid of some people at least <laughs> shoot some magnet magnets at you and kill you up in the site <laughs> so that so, so that i think uh, yes that was uh, i think just 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 pipped it i was also hoping to squeeze in a mention of the new series of the gadget show which starts on the 25th of september 7, ah. p- 7 p.m on channel 5 Excellent. Uh, yes. Oh, but also in our prize fund this series, we've also got uh, a copy of my book, Autopia on the Future of the Car, which uh, came out last November, but comes out in paperback, a uh, slightly revised form on 1st of October. I thought I'd try and get that in as well. Brilliant. Mm. Yes. Excellent. Good. Excellent. So people can check out Autopia to hear more of your views of the future of motoring. And uh, as you are a real guru on that topic, it should be a fascinating read. Oh, thank you. Okay, Carol, what's your pick of the week? Well, uh, as we have a guru here, I've actually chosen this pick of the week because of you, John. Uh, and I hope it's very much in your wheelhouse. So l- listen, Ooh. this is the issue. I have a rather massive husband in terms of size. He's 6'4", right? 16 mm. stone. Big, big T-bone of a man, yeah, right? Big, big T-bone of a man. Mm. He's um, like a Wookiee. He's a, imagine Chewbacca. and he's he's not really into sports right where you need equipment to get around like so he's really into walking but not into skiing skating polo well Mm, it's not equipment but you know what i mean he doesn't like but he has been getting into biking right and he's a bit of a tech nut like you so the other day i was perusing uh costco.co.uk which is if people haven't been there it is coming on in leaps and bounds what a fun afternoon you can spend checking out what's available on costco.co.uk okay that's how bad it's got but let me send you this link for this um bike and i want to just get mm. your take on this bike so it's called the Ravolt cruiser v3 right. e-bike with lights mirrors that's nice at least you know and a leather bag yes <laughs> Yes. Okay. Yes. Gosh. Well, it's um, <laughs> it's in, well, it's certainly it's an individual. How how should we describe this? Yeah, I'm going to hand over to you guys. You guys can do my pick of the week. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's it's like it's a bit steampunk, isn't it, or something like that? In a in a sense, a bit uh... it's sort of stretched out, a bit like Easy Rider. It's one of those. It's a bike you can imagine lying down on almost. I mean, I, I don't actually know much about bikes, about bikes anyway, but it looks like it, it's what I imagine a sort of 1920s, 30s mo- racing bike might look like almost. Is it? But this is a pedal bike. Yes. Ah. It's a jolly expensive one. It has Isn't it? Okay. I thought, I thought, I was wondering who'd noticed that. Because <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because they have come down somewhat in price. Have they not? And, and you can get, uh, I mean, you, you, you can get kits to convert other, uh, your favourite yes. bike to electric now, which I quite like. Um, There's that switch thing, isn't there, which can, uh, yes. I think you can just change the wheel and it, mm. make it an electric bike. But it, yeah, because this is just for our listeners. This this bike that's listed here on Costco, which is a, known as a pretty, you know, uh, where you can get a good deal, right? Yes, yes. Four grand pounds, yeah. okay? So that's, what, yeah. 6000 or $7,000 mm. for this uh this Do you beauty. think it's beautiful, Carol? Um, I think my husband, I don't know if he thinks, there's a lot of leather. I'm not really into leather, mm. right? Um, but um, the thick tires, I think, would uh, 
would appeal to him, but it, it must weigh a ton. It must do, mustn't it? Yes. And what, what, what sort of important statistics like range and things do we have? Yes. All that. Yeah. There's a video lower down Ooh. if you guys want to check that. I, I think will, it's on I the will. page a bit. Yeah. yeah you can oh, take okay. a look at 50 the... 50 uh, miles, it says. It says 50 miles. It's quite a lot, isn't it? 50 miles is yeah. quite good. Yeah. That girl oh. on this bike, she looks tiny. This bike is enormous. <laughs> it's very, it's huge. Yeah, this video doesn't help very much. It's just a stylish. Uh... It is well. It, it certainly is, it, it is a it is a very interesting looking electric bike, isn't it? Yes, undoubtedly. Yeah, but a little bit out of sight. My um my affordability. So uh, if anyone out there has four thousand pounds to burn, um, check out the Revolt Cruiser V3 e bike. It's mm. interesting. It's called Revolt, which makes me think of Revolt, of course. Of yes, but I think Volt. I thought that. <laughs> I thought the name was odd too, but it's obviously voltage. Oh, I'm trying to get the clever. volt, but why Ray? Because maybe the main designer, his name, the is cruiser though, like Easy Rider, mm. cruiser. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, they've got long hawks in front. But Has your husband got long arms? Yes, almost right. gorilla esque. But his legs aren't as long, are they? I'm no, just wondering how almost gorilla esque. Yes, <laughs> dragging <laughs> along Donkey the ground. Like. Yeah, he's lovely. Yes. He's gorgeous. He's of gorgeous. course he is. Of course mm. he is. Yeah. Mm. Excellent. Well, on that note and mm. that insight into life in the Terrio household, yes, uh, I think we've I just about wrapped it up for this week. John, thank you so much for joining us. I'm sure lots of our listeners would love to follow you online, maybe find out more about your book as well. What's the best way for oh. folks to do that? Well, I've got a, I, 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 on Twitter and Instagram and things. I'm at John Bentley 90, which is John without an H, Bentley and nine zero. Yes. Marvellous. And mm. you can follow us on Twitter at Smash Insecurity. No G. Twitter wouldn't ask to have a G. And you can also join our subreddit. Just look for Smash Insecurity up on Reddit. And don't forget, if you want to be sure never to miss another episode, subscribe in your favourite podcast apps such as Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Spotify or Pocket Casts. Hip shimmies to all of you for listening, supporting the show via Patreon and sharing this podcast with your entourage. Also, high five to this week's Smashing Security sponsors, Immersive Labs, Deep Instinct and LastPass. Their support help us give you this show for free. Check out smashingsecurity.com for past episodes, sponsorship details, and information on how to get in touch. Until with next us. time, cheerio. Bye bye. Bye bye. Cheerio. <laughs> a question about the gadget show so you guys notoriously i don't know if you still do this i haven't seen it in a little while but you guys always gave away the most ginormous list yes of freebies like you people have not seen this show have no idea what i'm talking about we will find a youtube link to show you how much or you know or something so you can see like on average there's what 50 items uh, yes, something like that. I, I, I don't. Uh, yes, lots and lots of things. No, so it's whole, you don't, don't just get one laptop; you get three. And, How uh, do people you get, get uh, out of that stuff? Uh, on average, I th- when we, uh, uh, I mean, I haven't seen the latest surveys, but when we did a survey early on, people tended to keep a third of it, give a third away to friends, and eBay the re- the final third. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. so it was uh, so which uh, because I simply wouldn't have, have have room to keep it. But uh, yes, oh, but also in our prize fund this series, we've also got uh, a copy of my book, Autopia on the Future of the Car, which uh, came out last November, but comes out in paper back a slightly revised oh, form brilliant. on 1st of October. I thought I'd try and get that in as well. Mm.